Here we are back again, Monday edition Locked on NFL alongside the scout Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. We're taking you around the league here daily on the Locked on Podcast Network. This is our week six recap episode, breaking down what we saw Sunday afternoon and evening. Some fun games to get to, and I think we learned a lot about some teams. And a new wrinkle to the Monday show, a special guest joining us in segment number three, the host of the winning team from Sunday Night Football. So that means today it will be Tony Serino of Locked On Steelers to break down everything that happened Sunday night as the Steelers beat the Chargers. But first, Matt, whoo, the Jets, they're on the board. They get their first victory, one and four now. Sam Darnold coming back, 300 yards passing, couple touchdowns, looking good. Jets looking like a completely different team beating the Cowboys 24-22. Bit of a shocker this afternoon, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. I mean, I'm a big Sam Darnold guy. And, and I've been, you know, all the different outlets we talk, but especially here, been saying I think the second half of the season is going to look a lot better for the Jets. You know, Darnold's coming back from mono and C.J. Mosley's hardly played and Quinn and Williams. I mean, there's there's guys, at least there's cards out there to be played for this team. But I didn't expect this. I mean, I thought this was a get-right game for the Cowboys. And like a handful of, quote, contenders are on a losing streak now. You know, you look at, like, the Rams and the Chiefs, oh, my, you know, that are uh, struggling to win games right now. Um, but I was, I think the story here is Darnold. They've got a nice array of weapons, um, including Herndon when he returns. This team has work to do, but I think if you have an offseason of – Offensive line reinforcements in the corner, you know, I mean, they have money to spend. They are really going in the right direction, and a lot of it centers around the quarterback, of course. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Do you rethink things about how good the Cowboys are? That secondary is supposed to be the strength of this team, and Sam Darnold doing some work against that Cowboys defense. And then Dak Prescott jumped out to a great start this season and has sputtered a little bit now for the 3-3 Cowboys. Yeah, and I do think a, a little of it is, I think we first we have to mention Amari Cooper got hurt early and didn't play yes. the majority of this game, and he's been critical for that team. I mean, he's been a true wide receiver number one, and that, that hurt for sure. But in terms of the defense, and I also think that the, the scheme isn't taking anybody by, you know, uh, by surprise anymore from the Cowboys either and Moore and Garrett and those guys. I expected more from the pass rush, though. I mean, that you would think of the way the Jets line has been playing that they would get abused in the in, in the protection game, and they didn't at all. And it just goes to show you anybody can beat anybody in the NFL, so some of these games you think are locks, they never really truly are. And so the Jets, they get their first W, now 1-4 and four on the season, and Sam Darnold, I think that is a huge step for Sam Darnold, not only to just to be healthy and be over his illness there and the mono stuff, but to prove to the Jets and Jets fans that, yeah, he's he's uh, he's a dude still. And so we'll continue to monitor that development. But uh, very nice win for the Jets and Sam Darnold. Yes. And the last note there is I think it seems like long ago, but remember all the offseason momentum for Darnold. I mean, he finished last year, his rookie year, after he sat out a couple games with injury, extremely strong. And when you plug in a good quarterback for a team that had awful quarterback play, uh, that's a big difference. The last three games with Falk at quarterback, they passed for 198 yards, 98 yards. They didn't even have 100 yards passing uh, against the Patriots in week three, and then 120 yards last week, and then Darnold comes out against the Cowboys and uh, throws for 338 
yards and big play to Robbie Anderson there. So yeah, that's nice uh, to build on for the Jets. Um, a team that did not have any luck throwing the ball today was the Los Angeles Rams. And I think every week that passes, I think more and more people and maybe just about everybody now should be a believer in the 49ers and specifically that 49ers defense being the Rams in LA 20 to seven. Yeah. And I think I asked you because I do believe this, that the Niners are the best team in the NFC right now, the way Kansas city's playing some holes that the Patriots have shown, they might be the best team and maybe playing the best in the league right now. Cause I still think the saints are a not so sleeping giant. But, man, I mean, they choked the Rams out, and this was close for a while, and you're on top of it more than I am, I'm sure. This defense is really good, and I think Shanahan really trusts the defense now to such an extreme that he'll just control the ball and gradually beat you and death by a thousand paper cuts, and sometimes those paper cuts get a little deeper than they should, too, and, you know, it's really bleed you out. Yeah, and this 49ers team has – a lot of room to improve and Garoppolo threw a bad interception in the red zone. He fumbled another yeah. time, missed another throw. So he wasn't really uh, super sharp, even though his numbers don't look terrible. 24 of 33 for 243 yards. But that Rams offense went down a hot knife through butter on their first drive. All running plays just went straight down the field. Scored seven points. That was it. The 49ers just slammed the door shut after that. Jared Goff, 56 net passing yards he had 78 passing yards four sacks for minus 22 so 56 net passing yards which is by far the worst offensive production for a Sean McVay offense for the Rams since he's been there and the Niners are just frankly just doing this to everybody I mean this is not fluky I mean this is a big time trend they're really good right it was like okay well let's see him do it to the Browns and then they did it to the Browns like okay well let's see him do it to the Rams and even more so to the Rams so uh, absolutely the 49ers are for real Can they keep it up? Can they improve on the things they need to improve upon? And then we'll see when they face some more competition down the road. But uh, they're there, and this is going to be a fun one in the NFC West. And now the Rams behind the eight ball a little bit at 3-3. 49ers are 5-0. The Falcons, they found a new way to lose, Matt. And this one was on a missed extra point. It looked like they were going to tie that game up in the fourth quarter. Matt Bryant misses the extra point, 34-33. The Cardinals get their second win of the season, now 2-3-1 beating the Falcons, who are 1-5 and five, and playing like one of the worst teams in the NFC. Yeah, it's they're bad. I mean, I think they're flat-out bad. Um, this game went as expected. I remember when we previewed it, I made the joke, like, is, is the over-under 90 in this game? You know, like, <laughs> these are not good defenses, um, uh, passing games that are, you know, Matt Ryan's still really good, and, and they, you know, Hooper and Julio and these guys are still highly effective but they don't help their defense because they don't run the ball. Their line's not that good. Neither one of these teams help their defense very much, and both the defenses really are problematic. But the teams are going in different directions. I mean, the Cardinals picked first overall last year. Their quarterback's getting better. The Falcons are, you know, were considered at least a potential contender, and it's not like their quarterback's going backwards, but he's not getting any younger, and the team in general is just floundering. And I think of all the teams in the league, and there's still some winless teams out there, but the Falcons might be the next team on the list that's a coaching axe watch, right? Hot, hot seat, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're since they lost the Super Bowl you know, to the, the, the Patriots, I think they're like four games below 500. Don't quote me, but it's, they're below 500. Yeah, I mean, I believe it. coming off a Super Bowl you know, that they should have won, like that's a lot of bad taste in the mouth over and over and over. 
Speaking of those winless teams, I think we can go through this game really quick here. And the Redskins did get their first win. They're one and yeah. five now, and they were able to hold on and beat the Dolphins 17-16. to Dolphins 0-5. They definitely look like the worst team in the NFL. But what's crazy about this one was not only how it ended, but we had just talked about it. We did a whole episode talking with Travis Wingfield of Locked On Dolphins and how Josh Rosen was going to be the starter the rest of the year. And that lasted <laughs> right, three quarters. Right. Three quarters is how long that lasted. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned how you know the, the Atlanta lost because of a missed extra point. Um, I give the the Dolphins credit. They score. They could have kicked the extra point and probably sent to overtime. They went for two, and in a way, they won by not getting that two-point conversion. (laughs) (laughs) They might be happy about it, big picture. But at least they were competitive with a bad team. You know, we've been – we had, you know, Travis on earlier saying there's really only 31 teams in the league. I mean, I guess they – I guess this is a step in the right direction. But your point's a strong one, too. Like – what are you gaining by putting Fitz out there? Right. It doesn't make any sense. And if you accidentally go out and win because maybe he is better right now, then you're shooting yourself in the foot twice because you're not developing this other quarterback or evaluating him. You hadn't seen enough, and then three quarters later you have seen enough. You Obviously, when you make a decision like, this guy's going to be our starter the rest of the year, you need more than three quarters more of evaluation on this <laughs> right, guy, right? So, right. I don't know. We'll see what happens there with the Dolphins, who ends up starting. But if they would have won that game, I think that would have been really the worst thing they could have done is not developing, not seeing what's going on with Josh Rosen, and then winning a game. Especially against the team that gets the spot over them in the draft, too. There's the the, the Washington game for the Dolphins and then the Bengals game for the Dolphins this year that are going to go a long way in deciding the top of the draft, I think. Yeah, and maybe we should get to the Bengals super quick, too, because they are worse than I thought. I mean, wow. th- this... You thought you look at the Ravens, and the Ravens had like uh, eighteen more minutes of time of possession. You know, Lamar didn't have. I mean, he had one weapon basically, in Mark Andrews, and they just continued to hold the ball. I thought Dalton looked bad. Mixon ran for like uh, eight yards or something crazy. Like they're awful, and this game was not nearly as close as the box score shows because the Bengals took an opening kickoff to the house, and that was about it. Yeah, and so that Bengals team, that week, I think it's week 16, Bengals, Dolphins. It's late in the season. We're going to learn a lot, I think, that week. Could mean a lot, yeah. yeah. Flex it to primetime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, more Monday recap show after this. Dudes, listen up. Let's talk about sex, good sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. I've told you about them many times. If you haven't tried it, you're out of your mind. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Guys, I never understood the pill thing. I mean, hey, you're going to make an appointment for an hour from now? I mean, BlueChew works so much better. Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, zero awkwardness. Made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, they have a fantastic deal for all of you listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment totally free when you use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL. All you're paying is $5 shipping, and you're getting way more than $5 worth of product. 
and the promo code is locked on. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them a great deal for sponsoring the podcast. Let's go to Titans Broncos. That was the one that you said put money on the under, and you would have been correct. And uh, another quarterback change in this one is the Marcus Mariota era over in Tennessee after they pulled him. They put Ryan Tannehill in at quarterback late in that one. They still weren't able to score 16 nothing Broncos the final. Um, this was kind of what we thought. You know, I think I took the Titans to win, but the under was the play, obviously. Denver quietly, two in a row, on the back of their defense that in those first four games was not very good. So give that coaching staff a lot of credit, and now they're playing the Chiefs team at the perfect time in a couple days from now. So Denver's interesting again. You know, so there's at least that. The Titans are not interesting at all. And Tannehill came in. I understood it. Close game. Mariota's doing nothing yet again. Let's try to get some kind of spark because any little score might get us a victory here at that point. But Tannehill was no better. And I think Mariota would be my starter for better or worse. And with the idea of we probably don't have our quarterback. Yeah. And with the Broncos, it's hard to evaluate fully a team with a brand new coaching staff and, you know, inserting a new quarterback after the first, you know, three or four weeks. So I yeah, think it was, right. you know, it's smart. And I think we're seeing, okay, let's wait on the Broncos and, and let them figure some things out because new coaching staff is going to take a while. Then we'll, we'll see who they are at the end of the year. Maybe not as bad as they looked right at the beginning of the season. Although I don't expect much from them either. Yeah. I think that's smart. I'm glad you mentioned that because overreacting to the first month of the season, especially teams that have new systems, new coaches, new quarterbacks it, for as little as these guys play in the preseason, that, that, you know, September's kind of the preseason to some degree. Right. And so uh, this really leads into the other quarterback from uh, the draft who was taken ahead of Marcus Mariota in Jameis Winston. Yeah. The Bucks fall to the Panthers 37-26. Five interceptions from Jameis Winston. I had talked this week about how I thought maybe he had turned a corner. New coaching staff, Bruce Arians, and... He looked awful week one, threw a bunch of picks, and we saw that Jameis Winston back again. Maybe both those guys need to be done with the teams that drafted him. I don't know. I mean, I'm still in Winston's corner. This was rough. I mean, he also did some great things. I mean, as usual, he's a roller coaster. The lows have been less under Arians, but again, that's a small sample size. My hunch is this is as low as it gets because, honestly, if he – only throws three picks, they win this game, <laughs> you know, and mm -hmm. it sounds crazy. I mean, we said on Friday, start all your fantasy guys in this game. That absolutely held up, even though McCaffrey had no running room. Allen's undefeated as a starter. There, there's some talk now that maybe Newton doesn't even get his job back. Um, but the Panthers, the key here to me, though, and I, I'm burying the lead because obviously the, the interceptions are huge, and that is the lead. That That's the headline. But the reason was – the Panthers and Gerald McCoy and that pass rush might be the best pass rush in the league, and the Bucks really, really struggle in protection, and that was the root of all evil. Kyle Allen improving to 4-0 yeah. in place of Cam Newton, which is an interesting one there, and uh, they didn't really even need Christian McCaffrey in this one because the Bucks still are able to stop the run, only averaging two yards per carry. 
McCaffrey was only 1.4 yards per carry. He ran the ball 22 times, is only able to muster 31 yards on the ground. So the Bucks can do something. Maybe you put a different quarterback in there that, like you said, only throws three picks, and right. the Bucks could still win, win some games. Yeah, right. I mean, and Winston does make plays, and I tend to lean towards his first five games or more of who he is at this stage of his career than this one because it was so extreme, but his history is pretty rough. Yeah, for you fantasy guys out there, happy with Chris Godwin, I'm sure. 10 catches, 151 yards when a team chucks it 50, what was it, 54 times. You might have a little production there, and they, and they did. It reminds me a little bit of the the game a few weeks ago from Jared Goff, who threw it 60-something times and turned the ball over a bunch of times, and it was just like they kept, they were in it. They kept throwing, kept throwing, kept throwing because they had to, but the turnovers just in the end, it was just, you know, you can't overcome that. No, right. I mean, that many, that many is just forget about it. Come on. The Seahawks narrowly escaped victory and beat the Browns 32-28 on 49ers Twitter during this game. Pretty much the consensus was, yeah, I thought the Bucks were terrible and the 49ers didn't beat anybody. And the Browns were terrible and they didn't beat anybody. And then the Bucks go out and beat the Rams a few weeks ago. And now the Browns almost knock off the Seahawks after completely laying, laying an egg against the 49ers on Monday Night Football. I think we're seeing a lot of that is the 49ers are actually good and force the Browns to play bad. Uh, and the Browns can be competitive. Um, but in the end, it was the Seahawks, and they improved to 5-1, and one, beating the 2-4 and four Browns, 32-28. Any takeaways from you here? Yeah, I mean, Mayfield threw a bad pick that did go off the hand of his receiver at the end of the half in the end zone that was they clearly would have got points if not a touchdown hands the ball over to Seattle Seattle drives down and gets points to end the half and then the, then it was a game again because Cleveland dominated up until I don't know the 28 minute mark or something like that basically a 2 minute warning in the in the first half and then they you know and then the same thing basically happened at the end of the game you know that uh, Mayfield gets a ball late throws another late pick and then Seattle's kneeling on it to to win on the road and it's not all Mayfield's fault. It's not all Kitchen's fault. But I wrote a little blurb about this just now about the difference between Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll versus Mayfield and Kitchens is like, you know, if Brady <laughs> Belichick are at the top of the spectrum, the Seattle's number two in terms of that continuity, professionalism, knowing how to win in this league. And I think the Browns have a better roster than Seattle. But Seattle goes in there, plays a professional game, never goes away. When they hand you a gift, they took it and shoved it down Cleveland's throat. And Mayfield's turned the ball over at a ridiculous rate. I have definitely not been impressed with what I've seen from the Browns coaching staff, uh, yeah. Brady Kitchens. Uh, that's, yeah, that that might not be the best situation there in Cleveland. And they might have to go shopping for another coach at some point because uh, I have no confidence in Freddie Kitchens from, the, from what I've seen from the last few weeks of the Browns um, real quick. He might be a coordinator. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And like you said, a year ago this time he was running backs coach, right? Right. Right. I put out a poll on Twitter last week. It was last Sunday. And I put three names. I said, who's the MVP of the league right now? And I put Russell Wilson in there with uh, Christian McCaffrey and Patrick Mahomes. And Wilson wow. came in third in that voting. I have a feeling if I put that poll out again this week, just one week later, Russell Wilson would win that poll. He'd get my vote. A big one in Kansas City. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes and those Chiefs, the Texans knock off the Chiefs. Both teams now 4-2. and two. Texans 31, Chiefs 24. Uh, this was another one that 
obviously look like the over. You know, just tons of points, start all your fantasy dudes, two super exciting young quarterbacks, an awful lot of fun to watch. And I lived up to it. And what this told me, first of all, Tyree kills back. Look out. I mean, that, yeah, that's, it's diff- that's it all you need to know. I mean, that's there. scary yeah. enough. But I think the Texans are for real. You know, like you look at that division, you look at the AFC. I think they're clearly the best team in the South and at worst the third team in the AFC right now. They're legit. And Watson's a big reason why. A lot of their weapons are a big reason why. Pretty impressive. Carlos Hyde, 116 yards on the ground. Tyreek Hill, like you mentioned, yeah, going up and and catching a ball that could have been a pick, probably should have been a pick. It went right through Reed's hands uh, and into Uh, Tyreek Hill, but he went up and got it, and and Tyreek Hill making plays definitely looks different there. I love Watson trusting his guys. It was a fun matchup, and it's the first time those two guys drafted in the same year have played against each other, those quarterbacks in Watson and Mahomes. And uh, that big second quarter, Texans put up 20 points and were able to hold on, and uh, they beat the Chiefs. That was a fun game. And actually, speaking of the over-under, I believe it was 55, so that was a push. Oh, wow. That's a big number. But, yeah. Um, yeah, you go in KC and win no matter what, that's, you know, you're legit. I mean, that's yep. um, there's a lot of talent here. Watson's really turning the corner. He's a great player. Another big game that I think it's, you know, some of these teams are starting to figure out, and even with the 49ers, and I cover the 49ers, I'm close to that team, and I, I wasn't sure if I should believe, and now I do, and it's almost like, okay, believe me when I show you who I am kind of thing, and with the Eagles, are they showing us who they are, a mediocre football team at 3-3, three and three? is it just that defensive backfield that is going to keep them from going anywhere this year, they lose to the Vikings in Minnesota 38-20. to 20. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at the Eagles and think, seems like they play a tough team every week or a bad matchup for them every week. Yeah. And, you know, the, if you looked at this one way, you'd say, man, the Vikings aren't going to be able to run on Philly's D. Nobody does. But despite how I'm rough on them sometimes, Kirk Cousins is a professional quarterback. And Thielen and Diggs versus corners is such a mismatch in Minnesota's favor. Yeah, This week it was Diggs, and he was the man. I mean, he was the best player out there. Huge win by the Vikes, and if Cousins plays like this and Diggs is, you know, in Thielen or the players that they always have been, which every indication is they are, this is a tough team to play against. This looks like someone that make noise in the playoffs. Yeah, Diggs, seven catches, three of those for touchdowns, 167 yards. So I don't think he's going to be asking to go to another team anytime soon again. Uh, when he's putting up numbers like that, getting fed, Kirk Cousins looking like that professional quarterback. And suddenly the Vikings now 4-2. and two, And pending what happens on Monday Night Football with the Packers could be tied for the division lead there in the NFC North. Uh, we've got another game here that uh, I want to get to, which is an interesting one. We talked about Kyle Allen, who in place of Cam Newton's 4-0, Teddy Bridgewater now 4-0, and filling in for Drew Brees. This one was, it looked like a baseball score. Uh, they finally did get in the end zone in the fourth quarter. 13-6, to Saints win over the Jaguars. Saints now 5-1 and on the season, and the Jaguars fall to 2-4. and Yeah, tough loss for the Jags, but Saints are so well coached, and Bridgewater's coming along slowly, and Peyton knows exactly you know what he's doing here. I mentioned the Wilson Carroll thing earlier. I mean, the Saints have that going, except they're guys on the sideline right now. 
and it's all about the defense. I mean, you hold a team to six points in their own building, and Minshew's been playing as well as he has, and Chark, and that's not a bad offense anymore either. But the Saints are making teams play their style of football. This is an impressive road win, and it, as both of us have said since the start, wouldn't shock me one bit if the Saints are hoisting the Lombardi Trophy a couple months from now. Yep, once Drew comes back and if he's playing at the level he should and he can grip a football, yeah. uh, look out for that Saints team because they're good. They're good across the board in a lot of those position groups, which is one of the reasons I like them. And you add Drew Brees to that, obviously, that's a championship-caliber team. And, yeah, that's just a rough matchup for the Jaguars. Marshawn Lattimore doing some work on DJ Chark. He only had three catches in this one. And that Minshew magic sort of slowed down this week, although I still like what I've seen from Gardner Minshew. But, uh, yeah, yeah there's a, I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt. No, there's man. a lot of optimism with the Jags, for sure. And still no Jalen Ramsey. All right, so now it's time to break in our new segment. Coming up, Tony Serino of Locked On Steelers to break down Sunday night football. This podcast is brought to you in part by Peloton. Peloton is offering a limited time offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to onepeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED to get started. I am here with Tony Serino of Locked on Steelers, and we are going to break down that Sunday night football game. The game just ended, and it was the Pittsburgh Steelers victorious over the Los Angeles Chargers. 24-17, the final. The Pittsburgh Steelers now 2-4. and four. The Chargers now 2-4. and four. And Tony, I'm just going to start with this. How much better is Devlin Hodges than not only Mason Rudolph, but Ben Roethlisberger? Go. Well, I think, I think Devlin Hodges, as he showed tonight, the greatest dealer quarterback to ever take the field. I've been <laughs> hyping this guy up back since training camp. Brian, I am on cloud nine tonight. Nothing will stop me. My boy Devlin, undefeated as a quarterback in the NFL, and I look for that to continue in two weeks against the Dolphins. <laughs> what is it about... It seems because I think we saw it with Gardner Minshew, and sometimes with young players, they show up and they just... Just the fact that a young quarterback that maybe even shouldn't be playing. You know, I, I think Devin Hodges himself was surprised that that he's been playing this early this season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So what is it about a quarterback when they show up? Just to keep your head above water is almost enough to be just really impressive from the outside looking in, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that has always stood out to me about Devlin Hodges going back and why I've been so high on him going all the way back to training camp is the confidence he had. You know, some people call it irrational confidence, right? You see this in the NBA a lot, someone like a J.R. Smith or like a Deion Waiters, right? <laughs> yes. These guys who they think they're better than they are, and that manifests itself at times on the court or in this, in this case on the field. I think Devlin Hodges absolutely has that. And that kind of confidence that he brought with him to this team tonight, it didn't look like an offense that was scared in any way. I mean, they, they certainly didn't open the offense up for him. I mean, it was very much a, a running attack. Mm -hmm. But they let him throw it down the field at times. He threw a bad interception late in this game. But um, I think this offense was comfortable with Devlin because of how confident he was in his own ability. A touchdown and an interception. He only threw for 132 yards. He attempted 20 passes, completed 15 of those. That's solid. That's all you need when you're a team that's built around the running game and you know that they were going to be running the ball. And even though the Steelers only averaged, what, 3.4 yards per carry in this game, they pounded it 36 times. Uh, that's enough when you have a defense that's playing the way they are. And by the way, Benny Snell's a guy that I really liked coming out of college and he didn't have any wow combine numbers, but he's yeah. just a good player. And uh, he looked nice in this game. He averaged 4.4 per pop. He had a 20-yard run. 75 yards and actually carried the ball more than James Conner 
in this football game. But to me, it's all about the Steelers' defense, all those first-round picks, uh, the addition of... And we haven't talked since the addition of Mika Fitzpatrick, who yes, I yes. think is just a, he's a fantastic football player and he's a first round guy. So you spend a first round draft pick to get a first round guy. And that all makes sense. I don't know where that pick is going to end up being right now. But w- what are your thoughts on just how that defense is coming together in Pittsburgh? And can that carry you without Roethlisberger? Like, how far can that take you in 2019? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great question, because that's really got to be the recipe for this team going forward. It's got to be to play you know, stout defense, the kind of defense that you saw really from this team in through the first three quarters. And they've got to continue getting turnovers at the rate that they are. Look, they've got a ton of young talent on this team. I think they have nine first-round picks starting for that defense when Mark Barron, you know, when they're fully healthy. So they've got a ton of young talent on that defense. And you're starting to see some of that young young talent manifest itself, right? A guy like Stephon Tewitt, he went down with injury, but when he was healthy early in this game, he was wreaking havoc. Of course, T.J. Watt coming off the edge. Bud Dupree made a big play early in this game. Um, you know, you talked about Minka Fitzpatrick. He's been spectacular in that secondary. Then the other guy, though, I mean, the Steelers' first-round pick from this year, Devin Bush, I thought he was, especially when we talk about that first half of this game, he was the best defensive player the Steelers had. He had, what, two turnovers in this game, including the uh, picking up that fumble and returning it for a touchdown, kind of setting the tone. So, you know, they were down a few guys, but they got this thing done in the end. And look, this is a Steeler team that, They've played a lot of close games this year. They've they've lost pretty much every close game they've played. They needed a win no matter how it came tonight. Real quick, and we just jumped on to record here right as the game ended. Do you have any insight in what happened on the field right after the game? Phillip Rivers looked like he got kind of tangled up with... Uh, yeah, it was, uh, was Mike it Hilton, Mike I think, Hilton? that he yeah. got tangled up with. What was going on there? I don't know. It was a strange one. The, the game got chippy at times. You know, you, you saw there, there was a, a personal foul with Desmond King where he knocked the ball out, and then Devin Bush... Got got a you know personal foul of his own, kind of wagging his finger in, in the face of a player. I, you know, it got weirdly chippy at the end. I, I didn't, I wasn't able to see exactly what happened at the end there, uh, but it seemed like maybe tempers were flaring at the at the end of the game. Philip Rivers has a lot of children, and I think at that it was almost like he grabbed his ear and was just like trying to take him to his room or, or very dad move that Philip Rivers pulled off. <laughs> yeah. that game. I thought that was, he's got some experience. Really he certainly funny. got right. a one or one or two or nine. Is it? Yeah. He's got nine. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And almost a full offense on. Yeah. I mean, I guess if he gets mom and dad involved, they've got a full offense right now in the, in the Rivers household, which is pretty cool. But the Steelers harassed Philip Rivers and the Los Angeles chargers just enough. Victorious Sunday night, 24, 17, Tony. Thank you for joining me here on this first edition of the Sunday Night Football Breakdowns we're going to do here on Locked On NFL. You can find Tony on Twitter at Steeler Country, and you can find Locked On Steelers in all the normal places that you find all of the programs here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Tony, thank you for jumping on. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Anytime you want to bring me on to talk about Devlin Hodges, I am excited to talk about my boy, Duck. <laughs> That's a deal. I think Matt Williamson might be on board with that pretty soon here. I'm excited to talk to him tomorrow and find out his opinions on the young quarterback. Yeah, I might. we might be renaming Locked On Steelers to Locked On Duck Dynasty here in a minute. We'll see. I'm going to talk to my co-host, Chris, about it, but look for that in the future. <laughs> is, there, is there a small contingent or a large contingent of Steelers fans that are like, I don't care if Rudolph is healthy, let's stick with Hodges? Yeah, it's led by me, and we're all <laughs> irrational because, look, nothing Devlin did tonight really means he should win that job. But uh, sure, yeah, I mean, I'm leading that charge, absolutely. I love it. All right, hey, talk to you soon, Tony. Great stuff. All right, thanks again. And I'll be back tomorrow with Matt Williamson breaking down all the news around the NFL, recapping Monday Night Football, Lions at Packers. Talk to you then right here, Locked on NFL.